0: hi guys welcome to the podcast today we are going to be talking with craig Steele of exclusive pursuit outfitters we're going to be talking about the arizona unit 10 elk hunts and i believe craig has done some antelope hunts as well since we last talked to him i want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast i want to thank the sponsors of the podcast i want to thank gohunt.com the gear shop my friend Cody Nelson is the optics manager. If you guys have any optics needs at all, binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, rangefinders, tripods, give him a call, 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can also email him at optics at gohunt.com. Also, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting, uh, KUU gear is the gear that I wear on all my hunts. You can go to KUIU.com to find out more and to order the gear right there on the website. Also, phonescope.com. Use the J. Scott 19 promo code. You're going to save yourself 10%. And onxmaps.com. If you go to onxmaps, uh, use the J. Scott 19 promo code. You can get the phone app, the Onyx phone app uh, with a 20% savings uh, I use that app every day for hunting and fishing and for my real estate business. Uh, it's an awesome public versus uh, public versus private over, overlays, um, private land versus public land overlays, um, the aerial, the topo, uh, the hybrid mode, the breadcrumb feature. It's just a, a great app. If you don't have it, go to onexmaps.com, Use the JSCOT19 promo code. Guys, um it's gonna be a fun episode here with Craig Steele. Let's get right to it. All right, guys, welcome to the J Scott Outdoors Podcast. Today we've got our friend Craig Steele of Exclusive Pursuits Outfitters. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing good,
1: Jay. How you doing, man?
0: Good. You just come off a Arizona Unit Ten Elk season grind. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, man, it was uh it was a grind. It was a
0: a weird Kind of weird hunt.
1: Um, as far as activity goes, um, we end up all but one of our archery elk hunters killed, and in, in unit ten, um, the only archery elk hunter that we didn't have to kill, he ended up having to go home after four days for for personal reasons. Um, he had a bad he had a really bad knee. But anyway, um, yeah, it was uh, a weird rut. Um, we had that. Fabulous antler growth, late winter and spring. Um, seen some good bulls as far as elk antler growth, as far as size goes. Um, but as you know, we had the worst monsoon season in uh, Arizona's history. Um, and that led, in our opinion, to some elk being in some not so comfortable positions and probably psychologically and maybe bio- biologically Um, And a little bit of a funk as far as the rut goes, but uh, we killed four bulls from 345 to 387, um, and we had a good hunt. We killed four bulls in four nights, Um, so it was a a fun hunt, uh, but it was also kind of the elk activity was was slow when we capitalized on, on what we saw and killed but uh was was good you know just depends on where you were at at times and other times it was it wasn't so good so it just seemed like the elk numbers were were down uh we think possibly because they were in unique spots because of the water situation and feed situation and um, they just weren't as comfortable and then we killed uh bull that was a little over 390, or he was 392 and 08 even on the early rifle hunt uh, with uh, Rebecca Miller, and that bull was just a, a killer bull. Um, I think he had almost 30 inches of mass, which is kind of rare for a unit 10, and was almost 46 inches inside with 57-inch beams,
0: so um, wow, was a fun, Showed. successful season, but... Do you think cows, there are some cows that didn't cycle, or do you figure that it will be one of these that they'll rut the first couple of weeks of October? It wouldn't surprise you if there was a lot of bugling and rutting going on late.
1: It wouldn't wouldn't surprise us that I think it's just going to be, it feels like from everything we've seen in past experience that it's just going to be kind of a, a minimal rut through all the way into maybe October. I even think you might even get a couple cows that cycle um, in early November. Um, It just, uh, we, the elk were in good shape, you know, especially the bulls. um, But they, they definitely were not rutting like how you normally see it. I think we saw, we got trail camera pictures of about three or four bulls that were broke, but we saw one bull on the hoof that had one broken tine, and uh, that's very rare for, you know, unit 10. Um, And there was definitely the bull to cow ratio was good. Um, It just, with the health numbers, they didn't seem to be out and active like uh, they normally are. just seemed really doled out. My, my, personal opinion is that there's a psychological and biological reason for it, um, and I, I always just fall back to our human nature and, you know, women, if it's, you know, it, it, it's what stress does, and I think there was some added stress onto the elk because, one, um, range conditions are like they are and, um, you know, half the uh, catch water is dry. Um I, I don't think the elk were able to be where they normally like to be during the rut, and I think that has impacts. I think oftentimes we, we jump to the conclusion that they're just going to rut just because they're fat, but I think there's, you know, and I, I don't know how to, ju- or how to, you know, verify it, but I think there's psychological and, and uh, biological reasons that they didn't rut as hard as what they should. I think it was a resourcefulness, lack of resources, that probably triggered that. Um, coyotes do a similar thing when um, when they go into the breeding season, and and you know, there's been studies done that you know when they when they howl and they can hear other quote unquote uh, breeding pairs around them, the uh, female coyote will have less pups versus. When they hear less or less coyotes around them less breeding pairs around them um her body will go into some sort of i don't know if it release, releases a you know some sort of chemicals or what it how it adapts but she'll have a bigger uh, a set of pups or more offspring um, based on the resources so I think it comes down to you know it's it's dry out there you know and and there's a lack of resources and they know that and they can feel that and we just expect them to rut just because they had a great spring and 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 uh, late winter but you know
0: never mind it's not how it's supposed to be you know so that's my opinion as, on it as far as tanks you know dirt tanks that normally are you know have a lot of water this time of year you know what percentage of tanks would you say were virtually dry or dry compared to normal I'd say
1: by half the tanks started out dry during the season. And I'd say by the t- probably by this end of this next week, 75% of them are going to be dry. So, so we're for going those to- guys
0: with the late time. archery tags and those guys with the late rifle tags in unit 10 how do you think that that will affect them and how should they kind of strategize for their upcoming hunts
1: um i you know it's all going to depend on what the weather does um you know moving moving forward if we get a lot of rain i think you know that's going to you know change a little bit of uh, if we get some catch water that's going to change a little bit of how they would go about it but as of right now if it continues water is going to be of very very scarce resource Um, I think right now too there is no holdover feed other than browse feed so they are going to be browsing on cliff rows juniper berries and uh, because there is no holdover feed there's no dry grass there's there's nothing Um, it's it's probably the worst I've seen it as far as holdover feed ever so that's gonna How do you, you know, dictate you guys need to hunt canyons, um, stuff where they got cliff rows, um, juniper berries, you know, even more so than normal, you know.
0: Um, as far as the the late archery hunt in 10 with water being a premium, I would assume since it's fairly low tag numbers, that guys, if they could get consistent and sit water, they're probably going to have elk congregated around those water areas. Um, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I, I mean, that's that's going to be a huge issue, I believe. You know, there, there's the storms just were there's, – there's a couple places in Unit 10 that um, had some green feed, but, it, I mean, you're talking about a couple square miles versus, you know, 15 square miles normally. Um, so there is going to be some pockets that have a little bit more water than other places, um, but it's, it's definitely going to be one of those things that I think those guys probably should key in on um, as far as that goes. I'm not sure where the moon phase, so they don't really pay attention that much to that late archery hunt. Um, one thing on the note that I believe it's going to be probably the best late elk hunt um, across the state in, in my opinion that we've had in years. Um, just for the simple fact of um, I, I, I think there could be some more horn break, antler breakage, but uh, as of this time, you know, where the, the bulls are in way better um, shape as far as antler or antler um, breakage goes than I' than I've ever seen it. you know, so
0: I mean normally, Right here, the end of September, going into early October. I mean, you would tell me that you know seventy-five percent of the bulls you're seeing are broken, and you're telling me that you've only seen just a, a couple. Uh, yep. And you, and honestly, three of the bulls that I,
1: I think we saw five five bulls um, that were broken. Probably, I think three, four of those were all like. Five-year-old bulls. I think that were sexually frustrated, um, and the other there was only one bull that had one that had a couple broken times. That was a big like eight-plus-year-old mature bull. The rest of the mature bulls um, were were not broken. Um, we killed with your buddy Tyler Hall. Our buddy Tyler Hall, his bull was the fattest bull I've ever ever seen. Killed on the ground. He was unbelievably fat. And then uh, Rebecca's bull, which we killed, you know, a couple of days ago, that bull um, with Mike Miller, and, you know, Mike does uh, Miller Southwestern Processing, and he's like, I cannot believe how fat this bull is. And interesting, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, there's some rutting activity for sure, but it's not, not what you hope should to be, which is a good thing for the late tag holders, and I think the early rifle holders, tag holders too, if they can capitalize on it.
0: How do you think that plays out? Obviously, the worst monsoon, you know, on record, um, going into next season. You know, here we are; we're not even through this season, but we're already talking about next season. But when you have as dry a summer as we did, when that's the majority of your precipitation up there. You know, coming off a wet spring, wet winter, but then super dry summer, um, what do you see moving forward, you know, even for next year's thinking? So, that's where I think
1: that the elk know that, their bodies know that. Um, I think it's a natural thing for them, and I think that's why they're not rutting as hard, and I, you know, Lee and I talked about it, and you know, we're, we debated a little bit on on uh, oh, man, it could be super bad, but I think the elk, I think they know that for you know whether it's their bodies know it or they actually know it, um, and that's why some of these bulls or, or cows are not cycling is because you know the the I, whether it be you know because they're not gorging themselves in that lustering feed all summer. Um, I I I don't I think they're 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 toning down their activity based on the lack of resources already. So I think you know, i I think it's too early to tell. I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I was an elk and kinda knew exactly, but um from the outside it's like, oh yeah, it, it could be horrible if we don't get any rain um in November and December, you know, to kind of alleviate the catchwater problems with that's gonna be an issue. Um, it could be horrible, but I I, I still think that there's, you know, a chance that it's not going to be horrible, even if we don't get any rain until, let's say, January, um, just because of, I think the elk are just going to continue to be less active than what they normally would, Um, but I don't know for sure, you know. um, As you know, uh, you know, I think the, the months of, you know, late January to, you know, April are, are the biggest uh, common factor in in elk antler growth or, you know, precipitation and nutrition in the southwest. and uh, So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I, I believe nothing that the meteorologists say because they're wrong half the time. So um, I, I guess I, I kind of don't have an opinion yet until
0: until probably mid-January, you know. All right. Okay. Um, also, you had some antelope hunts. How did the antelope season go? Well, uh, it was, uh, I'm not going to lie, it
1: was rough. Um, we killed a best buck. We, we killed with a bow. He I mean, was a little over 83 inches. Um, that was a fun, fun hunt. Um, rifle season, um our best buck I think we ended up killing was 82 and 6-8 out of Unit 10. Um, but there was, for whatever reason, across the state, I think the best buck I heard of in Unit 10 being killed was 84. Uh, and I just didn't hear or see it, a lot of big bucks. Um, it seemed like, seemed like age was down. seemed like mass was down. Uh, so it was it was rough you know i would say the elk season was way better than the antelope season um for us um it was it was hard to find a buck that was even 80 um and, and doesn't that 10. go
0: with you know we talked about before that on dry years antelope seem to do really well um having a wet uh winter and and wet spring it, does that possibly play in that maybe the bucks didn't grow up to their full potential Yeah, I guess it, I guess
1: it does, you know, um, it does, you know, I think some of that is also, you know, colder, you know, weather versus, you know, like a, a, just a wet, kind of warmer climate during that time frame. I think wet, warmer wouldn't be bad, but colder and, and precipitation, I think that, that might not be that great for them, but. You know, the only thing I can kind of base that on is, you know, what the Arizona uh, Antelope um, Federation or whatever has, their little study on their their website based on Spoon and crocket Bucks during wet and dry years and um, just going with what we've had this year. It also seemed like there was a lot less antelope. um, A lot less. I actually texted one of the uh, officers I know for the game fish department, um, and said, we're about ready to drop the buck, sorry, the antelope population down to one buck per 100 does in unit 10. Um, there just was, you know, I think they need to drastically cut those tags to about 30, which would, you know, obviously not be good for, for, uh, Lee and I was exclusive pursuit outfitters, but as far as that goes, would it be better for the antelope population and, and uh just seemed like the numbers were were way down. Ton of coyotes. and that's what I can
0: tell you, and a lot of bobcats. And a lot of golden eagles. So for what it's worth. Give us, give us an update on Rocksteady. Uh, so Rocksteady actually is on
1: Grinding away am I'm, I'm building the business from, you know, uh, bootstrapping it. Um, so we've gone through a couple different versions on the bipod, basically from the start of a proof, proof of concept prototype, and which basically just kind of proves that, you know, it's basically just an initial kind of stick figure prototype. And then we did a working prototype, which... Um, it, I think we're about sixty percent there, which doesn't sound like a lot on that bipod, but considering what we what we were dealing with as far as uh, trying to do with the bipod, uh, I felt like it was a success. It was actually on the phone with the engineer and designer that's um, designing, you know, my ideas and, and with his mechanical and engineering background. Uh, we're, we're sending, we're hoping to have it done um, by Thursday of this week, but it looks like it's we're not going to get the machine parts back from the machine shop until next week. So hopefully by next week we'll have a prototype that it's at least 95% of what I want. Um, I hope it's 100%, but it, it takes a lot longer than than what you what you think, and I don't really care about, uh, um, I'm not an engineer, and I just want it to function and be durable and lightweight, like, you know, and how how I wanted to use it as a hunter guide, not just, uh, I don't care about uh, the, the, the details, it just has to function how I expect it to function, so I'm a little bit of a hard ass when it comes to, you know, um with josh a little designer, bit because, yeah because he thinks about it a as little a, bit yeah has been designed you know it's a little bit of some, an understatement <laughs> so <laughs> um we're, we're getting there we're getting there i'm um, you know I, I am a full-time guide and you know got a bunch with no damn excuse so i'm i'm just um but eventually you know with with rock city hunting gear i will you know, transition over to you know just doing the hunts that I want to do, um, and hopefully grow that 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 company and brand um, from you know from my garage to a to a, a very successful
0: company. So that's that's where I'm. That's
1: where we're at with it, Jay.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you. Um Cutting us in today and, and getting a little time to share with us and, and tell us about unit 10. Um, looking forward to uh, the rest of this fall and um, it's always great talking to you. So uh, appreciate, uh, I appreciate, I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know how they can uh, reach out to you, how they can follow along what you're doing.
1: The easiest way is uh, I go by Craig Steele AZ on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and that's probably the easiest way. You can send me messages that way. Um, you can email me at craigsteelaz at gmail.com. Um, and you can get my phone number right off of Instagram and, you know, call me, text me, whatever. I'm I'm pretty open about, you know, my phone is my um, every source of communication. So whether you email me or direct message me or text me or call me, and I'll try to get back to you. so as i can if you have a question about
0: something all right man uh thanks a lot god bless all right Jake. talk to you later bye, bye.